Welcome to the Life After Sugar podcast. The podcast that's not just about sugar, but about your relationship with it and also with food and especially with yourself. So if you want to discover your life after sugar and hear inspiring stories from all kinds of people who also cut out sugar in their way, at their pace, for their own reasons, this is the podcast for you. Because you know, when you take away the sugar, you can finally discover the real sweetness in your life. I'm your host, Netta Gorman. And in this week's episode, I'm talking with Teresa, who used to eat a ton of sugar growing up. And things were just fine for her until, well, they weren't anymore. And when it was suggested to her to cut all forms of sugar, she thought that was crazy, extreme even. And between you and me, I totally get that because that's exactly how I felt when the idea was first suggested to me. So how did Teresa's outlook about sugar and food change? That's what you'll find out in this week's episode. But first, I just wanted to tell you that if you're looking for some free resources about how to get rid of cravings, then I have plenty for you. First, download my five tips to get rid of cravings. And those five tips may not be what you think they are. So go to aftersugarclub.com and download your five tips today. And come check out the Life After Sugar Facebook page and subscribe to the Life After Sugar YouTube channel, as well as my Instagram account at mylifeaftersugar, which is where you'll get all kinds of inspiration so that you can see that it's perfectly possible to live a happy and active life, even if you don't eat sugar. You can also check out my TikTok account at netta underscore lifeaftersugar. All right, let's get to our chat with Teresa. All right, so today I'm talking with Teresa from BC, Canada, British Columbia. And Teresa, lovely to see you. And can you tell us a bit about your background with food and sugar, especially? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I am a, uh, I mean, you're not going to get a doctor probably say this, but I'm a self-proclaimed sugar addict. Uh, It's to, uh, I know that my entire life it's been about sugar you know the processed foods were new when I was a kid in the 70s 80s and the parents were all like feeding you know processed foods which are full of sugar and um you know and then there was all the pop and ice cream and I used to when I was six I used to steal my mom's change out of her wallet walk to the store which was like I had to walk through an alley and two major highways two major roads um so I could go to the store and buy candy and I was always in trouble for it. And so it was, it was like a whole lifelong thing of eating sweets. And it, it got to like a point where I was eating, like my breakfast was sugary breakfast cereals. And I have a thing where I don't eat. Um, I forget to eat or I don't eat. I just keep putting it off. I'm busy, that kind of thing usually eat it's something I'm consciously working on to try and you know get better but mm-hmm. um so it, it was a I was eating sugary cereal for like a couple of meals a day and that was all I was getting for food 
Yeah. And I was, uh, everybody in the, uh, my first office job, everybody knew if they came to my desk, the top drawer was full of candy. It was like a convenience store in there. So, and I was drinking two to four liters of Coke a day, no water, no juice, like nothing else, just well, Coke or root beer. Those were the two. Okay. Oh my goodness. And this was in British Columbia and Canada, right? That's this where it, you yes, grew up? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And how did that affect you if at all uh well it it totally affected me um I started having problems where my eye was um super dry uh and it was like constantly watering and it hurt because it was so dry and I was losing my hair and I was losing my eyelashes and my left leg got so swollen that I couldn't wear a shoe I ended up wearing like a slipper a lot um and uh, I can't remember I'm, I'm pretty sure there was like a few other things but my health was deteriorating and my doctor couldn't figure out what was wrong with me and she was just like well I guess this is you know age I'm like I'm like 32 this isn't age <laughs> good grief <laughs> and um, I, I'm wondering I'm curious to know although I suspect I already know the answer. Did anyone, any doctor at any point ever ask you, what are you eating? I think it had come up with almost every doctor, um, not into any kind of like delving deep into it, but every single doctor I've ever had. Uh, and on a regular basis, my blood sugar levels are always checked because everybody knew how much sugar I was eating. Um, but unfortunately, I don't find those blood tests to be overly, like you, for anything to show up on there, you, your body's already got to be in shutdown mode kind of thing. Like it's got to be affected. So they really didn't take, my numbers were always fine. My body kept adapting and, and saying, you know, I'm good, everybody, I'm fine. Mm -hmm. uh, so nobody delved deeper into it. And um, because I wasn't diabetic yet, you know, mm -hmm. so they didn't think anything of it. Um, it wasn't until like I had all those things happen and my doctor was like, well, that's it. That's, you know, this is what you're going to be like for life. And I was like, I don't think so. I'm way too young for that. Um, and a coworker recommended her naturopath. And he was a an MD and an ND. So he had like a lot of knowledge and experience and our very first visit I think he asked me like two or three questions and he's like yeah it's your liver it's and he's like you're and then he was like how much you know and he I happened to have a um Starbucks in there I was drinking a hot chocolate mm -hmm. and he was like that coffee's bad and he's freaking out I'm like oh it's hot chocolate and he's like oh it's just as bad and he's freaking out like I think we're being a little dramatic here right like come let's calm down <laughs> and uh he, he um cut me off sugar cold turkey and that was probably I I cried I was and it was an hour drive from his office back to my my uh work and uh I cried the whole way because I was like you, you can't take that away from me you, you my whole life I drank pop like that was my fluid of choice. And I was like, what am I going to do? I can't live without it. And it was, it was, I, like I said, I cried. I didn't know what to do with my diet. I didn't know how to eat. I didn't know 
what to supplement with and um well, wait, it was but wait. Mm-hmm. I mean he just said what just stop sugar and didn't even like give you alternatives or anything no I had to stop like he put me on this extraordinarily restrictive diet uh he cut out dairy he cut out gluten he cut out um all sweeteners he cut out um bananas because of the sugar content he cut out dried fruits because of well sulfates and the sugar content and he cut out so much stuff um, wait, wait, wait. I'm talking, I've got to stop you again. And this <laughs> is what is considered to be extraordinarily restrictive. And all I'm hearing is he cut out sugar, this type of sugar, that type of sugar. And it's, you know, from the other side, from me now, yeah, people listening, that's not extremely restrictive. That's just like the basis exactly (laughs) exactly I I don't forget at the time for you it was like what it was extreme I couldn't understand why somebody would go to such extreme levels um to me that was just crazy talk you know it's what are you thinking how am I supposed to live what will I eat oh yeah I think he cut out rice too so I was left with potatoes for starchy oh, food. Yeah. And um, yeah, it, but I, I guess it came down to how the body, uh, break, how the sugar breaks down, like if it's fast or slow. And I guess he left me potatoes. So, um, <laughs> but it was, um, it was the kick I needed to start changing my, my diet. Yeah. Uh, it didn't last. It didn't. Um, because as you just said, you heard me say, he cut out things. He did this to me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I did not make those choices on my, my own. So therefore it did not, it lasted quite a few years. I shouldn't say it didn't last, but it lasted, I think, I want to say like eight years. Well, that's lots. Wow. But when, um, he passed away suddenly, and maybe seven, six, anyway, um, he passed away suddenly and I all of a sudden did not have that person holding me accountable mm-hmm. who was telling me I had to do this for my health. And I was going through a lot at the time, like a huge, like it was at the, he passed away at the end of like an 18 month, uh, span of time that I had like a lot of trauma. Okay. And so my go-to was I have to console myself or I have to, you know, um, uh, self-medicate like it's like a self-medicate sort of thing and you're avoiding and you know so I your muscle memory goes back to I'm going to eat sugar because it makes me happy and yeah. you know that kind of thing and so um, I didn't have the uh, I didn't spend enough time because I was so he's making me do this I didn't make the choices to change my diet for myself and so it's not sustainable because mm-hmm. I was doing it for him basically right he was I can't do this because he'll he'll say something to me if I if he catches me. And don't get me wrong, the only times I binged um, because the problem with cold turkey and doing it for somebody else is you're not making that decision. And I would do stuff like make a batch of icing and sit and eat it. And you know, um, so that's not good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because, to have a banana <laughs> because it wasn't coming from you exactly. Why? Yeah, yeah. 
that's what I learned for myself is if it's not coming from me, it's not sustainable and it's not going to continue. And um, because you have to be able to make those decisions in everyday life based on what's for you. If you're doing it for somebody else, you know, (laughs) you don't at a point you don't care because you're like, oh, well, it's just for them, you know, kind of thing. Yes, yes. And although I have to say, how many people do we know who wake up one morning, leap out of bed, out of bed and say, I know, I think today I'll cut out all forms of sugar and starch. <laughs> yeah, nobody does, because that's crazy talk. <laughs> crazy talk. I mean, I'm the sugar-free girl, and even I didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so how do we go from doing it for someone else and, and needing that kick, which most of us do, and that kick usually comes from someone else, to doing mm. it for yourself? Ah, that 18 months of trauma. <laughs> that um put my health in a position um because it was uh, part of the trauma was three car accidents so physically mentally emotionally like I had a lot hit me in that six 18 months Mm. uh so I had a lot of healing to do and so it was part of the healing process but also um it was the little things like the uh, the car accident Uh, I've had a lot of concussions in my life so each car accident gave me again another concussion and they were with migraines and stuff and I guess uh, I am susceptible to this um it caused me to gain weight which therefore caused me the pressure in my head to increase and squish on my optical nerves so it came to you're gonna lose your vision you know kind of thing and um getting over concussions is uh, you cut out a lot of like uh, caffeine, sugar, uh, alcohol, like things that are inflammatory, um, because you're already, your body's freaking out and your brain controls everything. So if you don't take care of your brain, have fun, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, and, um, it's, it was a whole process of just additional health problems. And, um, I started due to all the things I was working on, I ended up getting um, a hypnotherapy session and found out that my sugar had a bond to my, uh, my bond with my dad was food-based kind of thing. Cause when I was little, he would take me for breakfast mm. and, you know, we'd share ice cream together and, and stuff like that. So it became a bond for us. And my, the, the 18 months of trauma started with my dad passing away. So I think it, it um, added to it of me falling off that little, you know, little, what's that um, hypothetical train, you know, kind of thing of, yeah. and um, so I started, you know, dealing with that and recognizing that connection that I had to the sugar. And then I started recognizing when I was getting cravings and how the cravings were showing up and when, and what was my reaction? And, you know, it, it always turned out that stress, uh, overwhelm, um, fear, uh, like all these high emotions was when I would grab some sugar. And it was always done without thinking. Like if you can have one or two pieces of candy or something, that's not a big deal. 
mm-hmm. it's when you sit down with a family size bag of candy and you're like doing something and then you're like, oh, this bag is empty. And you don't even really remember that you ate a whole bag. <laughs> yeah, I think we've all been That's there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like you zone out, like you're, yes. you're in a parallel universe and suddenly the box or the bag is empty. Yeah, so it was um, all of that. Uh, so I did all that. And then the, the, um, the point with the pressure in my head, it got it got to a point where it was like, we're going to have to do surgery if we can't get this down. Wow. And, um, so I got, I hired a health coach and we worked on that whole mindset of the food choices and adding the healthy food and why am I eating? You know, like, you know, when you choose to eat, why are you eating that? Mm-hmm. And it came to, is this going to help me? Like, is this going to help me get better? Is this going to be, allow me to live to because I swear I'm going to live to 107 and I'm going to be a very active 107 and do everything for myself and still travel and everything and uh, so it was like well if you want that is this going to get you there and it was like oh wow having that flip of mindset it wasn't you know now I wasn't doing it for the accountability of somebody else Mm -hmm. I was doing it because I want to live my life I want to be an active you know participant in life I want to do things and see things and it if my health isn't there I can't and so it became that was the choice is this what I want is this the future I'm looking for that is very powerful and sometimes it takes that type of trauma you know to shake us up unfortunately yeah Yeah. so that we do it for ourselves because as you say you know, with all the best intentions in the world, if yeah. if it doesn't come from you, it's not intrinsic, then it's not going to be sustainable. No, it's not. And it's, it's, you almost, um, you get a high because when you first do it and you're doing it for somebody else, you don't even know, but you're doing it. And it's such a change. You think this is amazing. This is great. And then you start like, you know, your body starts changing. Like I lost weight and it was like, this is amazing, you know? And it wasn't until, I mean, for me, I I gained the weight back. And so it wasn't sustainable, even though I had made that choice. But at the beginning, you don't recognize that it's not sustainable because all these good things are happening. And you don't recognize until, and then once you fall off the, you know, proverbial train, you then you start going into that oh I guess I can't do it oh I'm supposed to be this way oh this is all I can you know then you're the negative thoughts come in and you don't even recognize that that's what what's happening because you're in the middle of it and you know so that's the thing is that's why most of us need some big giant whack upside the head (laughs) yes and sometimes what we think is a big giant whack upside the head is just a gentle nudge and really need like exactly a big kick up the bum exactly (laughs) i want to take a quick break to say that if this is your first time here then welcome And thank you for listening to this podcast. And whether you're new or a regular and you haven't yet rated or reviewed this podcast, could I ask you to scroll down and tap on the stars to rate this podcast and also to write a short review to let me know how this podcast is helping you in your life after sugar. I love reading your reviews. 
And when you rate and review this podcast, not only does it encourage me to continue making new episodes, but it also helps to share this podcast and have more people see it so that we can help more people feel better and lose weight with less sugar. So again, thank you for rating and reviewing this podcast and for spreading the word about sugar. Well, like you said, you know, I, I did it, um, the cutting out sugar, I'm saying drastic, but was it really drastic? Not really, you know, and it's just where you're at, right? The relative to you. Absolutely. Yeah. And how brave of you to actually recognize that because it's very often easy for us to say, well, it's the thing that isn't sustainable, right? Mm -hmm. It's living sugar-free that isn't sustainable, but actually what's not sustainable is doing it without your big why as I call it yes and 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 thank you for saying that that's I mean we all love external validation so thank you for that um I I don't know if I would have done it without all that stuff happening (laughs) but then uh, that's the like I believe in always looking for the positive of things because crappy things always happen so if you can find the positive it makes it a little bit you know easier to handle 100% agree and I often say you know real life happens whether or not you eat sugar that's exactly yeah yeah (laughs) so so you did this air quote extreme elimination diet that I just call eating food yeah (laughs) okay (laughs) so way to put that in perspective where we say thanks you know well I extreme you know no you did you ate food (laughs) love that (laughs) and so but it is I you know it is socially perceived as extreme it is and so can you tell us a bit about what the social reactions were when you did this again air quote extreme thing (laughs) I uh it was not easy Actually, if I didn't have that like nice little stubborn streak people bug me about, uh, I would not have continued it because the amount of pressure and mocking and jokes and it was insane. Um, Everybody had a comment to make no matter what everybody had a comment to make, you know, oh, is that your healthy food? Oh, is that, you know, why don't you just have a piece of cake, eat cake and they'd shove it in your face. And it's like, are you kidding? Yeah, why are you trying to shop? Like it was literally inches away from my nose kind of thing, right? Like, why are, would you do that? And so they've always got comments to make. And even when I, like, it was a lot. You just think about it. And it's like every friend event, every family event, every um, work event, the coworkers were probably the worst uh, because, you know, your friends and family at least know you a little, right? So they're not quite as as harsh, uh, the coworkers were a lot harsher. Um, also, my friends and family had, you know, how many years ago I went vegetarian. So they were used to me being slightly different with my food choices. Um, but they, they still, everybody still has comments, right? Um, and then, but I, you know, there was also some support in there. I remember one of my birthdays, uh, everybody, you know, it, we went out for dinner and uh, nobody ordered anything off the menu we had the cake that I brought which I had made myself 
And I had used a, um, I don't know if anybody knows this, agave. I know it's a fructose, but it's also how the body breaks it up and stuff. So um, at the time, that's what I was using. And um, the cake then would have had a very distinctive flavor to it because agave is a distinctive flavor. And they all took some and ate it and thanked me. And they were like, well, it's not quite my thing but thank you for the cake, you know? So they were supportive. Like I did have some support, but it was, um, it was a lot of pressure. Um, more on a day-to-day basis is where the pressure came from. Mm-hmm. And even just something like you go in and you ask for no sweetener. Like, do you have something like this with no, no sweetener? And they're like, Oh, we have this. I'm like, well, that actually has a sweetener in it. It just has, you know, not, it doesn't say sugar, but there were four other sweeteners listed, you know, kind of thing. Um, And then you're difficult and, you know, can't you just take this or can't you just do this or um, so many things, so many things. It was, I mean, I'm like trying to think of specific situations, but it's all coming down to every situation I found myself in, there was some comment made about my choices um and sugar yeah I hear you yeah even I actually even when I um did the health coach and made the changes to my lifestyle um my choices um I was eating with a friend and she's like oh are you doing this extreme eating thing again and I was like if by I said I'm sitting here eating a piece of pizza with you so I'm pretty sure this isn't referred to as extreme But if you mean, am I caring about what I eat so that my future health is impacted, then yes, yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) What are you doing caring about yourself and your health and like, what's wrong with you? (laughs) Well, exactly, exactly. And I'm learning that um, uh, I, you know, I just told you all the process and the trauma and all the healing I had to do. So I, I do put my health as a top priority. And it's amazing. I'm recognizing that not many people do. They think they do, but their choices aren't based on what's best for their health. Um, they're really putting themselves through a lot that's unnecessary. Yes, I was the same. I was the same. I thought Ooh, I was really good to myself and looking after my health. But I think it's that paradigm that needs to shift that reframe of you know what you know you were talking about what comes from us and what comes from the outside and i always followed what i was told was healthy mm-hmm. without yeah. ever thinking about wait a minute um maybe i can be in charge of what's healthy for me yes exactly yeah well and that's the thing is that um we tend to follow uh, along with what's going on in society like what's the fat the te- the trend and, you know, in the 90s and 2000s, actually, I think even still, people go on about, oh, I got to have fat free. I got to fat free is full of sugars. There's tons of sweeteners in fat free. And it turns out uh, when I started going to um, a dietitian and the health coach who was a nutritionist, um, they were like, you're not eating any any fats. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, of course, you know, I I, I and I felt guilty for saying what I was eating, you know, and it turns out I was not eating any healthy fat. They're like, you got to put healthy fat in. This is un- un- um, not good for your body. Your body needs all this stuff to be able to work and function. And I was like, 
what? Like, what is this? You know? And it was, it was kind of shocking to me because the trend is always um, to not eat it. Yes. It's quite mind blowing after 50, 60 years of being told that fat is bad, mind blowing to realize, wait, human biology dictates certain types of unprocessed fats are just fine. Yes, exactly. Or, you know, you, you, you eat some avocado and someone's like, should you be eating that? It's very high in fat. Yes, I should be eating this. This is really good fat. <laughs> it's it's funny because what you were saying about social pressure and, and having the personality that you have, I think we're quite similar of, of sort of being a little bit rebellious. A little. <laughs> British understatement there. Yes. Um, where I sometimes have fun saying, yes, um, as I put butter into my soup or, you know, I'm not keto or anything, but I'm not scared of butter or avocado or coconut oil, whatever. Um, And I say to people, yes, um, I'm I'm trying to have um, enough fat so that I can keep my figure. (laughs) That's a good one. I love that. (laughs) And then they're like, what? (laughs) And and, it's not about what just how you look or your weight and stuff, but it's a nice little dig if you feel like doing that because it it's not towards the individual, the dig. It's towards that message that we've had from the diet culture, right, for the last mm-hmm. 60 years or so that fat is bad and yet collectively we're all fatter and sicker. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. Well, you know, it's it's all the the I have to say the nutritionist the diet coach I I worked with she was all about eating fresh foods um you know eat your because I'm a vegetarian so it was all about load up on veggies and eat quinoa and and oh and that's the other thing I've never done is eat protein and so it's eat lots of protein and um the the dietitian uh was telling me to eat a little bit more processed foods and I was like, oh, I'm not going to eat that. Cause, and she's like, why? And I'm like, because there's a lot of sugar in there, sweeteners in that. Um, so, you know, like I make these choices now where my food does not have sugar in it. Um, you know, because just some, most people don't realize if you eat a salad dressing from the store, it's got sweeteners in it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes more than one. Yep. And, you know, and so I will eat just oil and vinegar and, you know, things like that. So I don't have any added sugar in that way. So that way I can, you know, oh, I'm out and about. I'm going to go have a hot chocolate or I'm going to go, oh, that cupcake looks really good. Like I'm making a choice that the sugar I eat is the sugar I see. Mm. So it's not the hidden sugars because the hidden sugars is what gets you. And you don't even recognize that you're eating that right totally totally and a good yardstick is really the level of processing of Mm. a product I won't even call it food (laughs) and the the lower the processing the more likely it is to be food and that comes back to what we were saying at the beginning it's not extreme it's just eating food food. (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) it's I think it's really funny how our society is like you know eating fresh food is the extreme and, you know, um, eating all the junk food, as I like to call it, uh, because if you go to the grocery store, what's the cheaper thing, the vegetables or a package of, you know, I don't know, for example, noodles and sauce, right? So yeah. it's, 
what people end up choosing because it's financially more viable mm-hmm. and you you feel more full after eating the noodles with some sauce because there's a lot of you know stuff in there and then you do from eating you know a plate of vegetables right which <clears throat> I found out <laughs> I kept getting hungry when I would eat vegetables right. and stuff and eat the fresh foods I was like and minutes later, half hour later, I'm so hungry. This stuff's not good for me. I can't eat like this. This isn't how, and it turns out it's because my body, we, it took the nutri, I worked with many people about this and nobody could figure it out. And the nutritionalist and I finally figured out was my body's way of saying, I really need all these nutrients. You're finally feeding me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. That's, that's amazing. And so now do you consider yourself in air quotes, sugar-free. No, <laughs> I don't. Because as I said, I will go get a hot chocolate. I will get a, you know, a cookie or, or something like that. But I don't eat sugar in every meal. I don't eat sugar every day. Um, I, you know, a couple times a week I'll have sugar. And like I said, I made that choice to take it out of my foods. Um, so now, the sh- as I said, the sugar I eat is the sugar I see. There's no hidden sugars. Um, there are, you know, don't get me wrong. There's the, um, I like to call them the healthy, uh, toaster pastry thing, like pop tart Mm -hmm. things. It's a different brand and it doesn't have as much sugar and it doesn't have icing and it doesn't have the fake filling and, but it still has sugar. I, you know, I still have that for those days where I don't have anything pre ready for me. I'm in a rush and, um, I need to eat because, again, this is part of my problem is I don't eat enough. So I have to remind myself to eat. So I I do have those. But again, I I went with something that was a lot less and a totally alternative version. So that, you know, I could feel like I was eating a little something and I am still getting the sugar. Um, But again, that's the choice I'm making to eat that as my sugar that day kind of thing, right? So and you're doing it yourself. It's your choice, which mm-hmm. I 100% stand behind. And it's a lot of people think that the guests on the Life After Sugar podcast are all 100% sugar free 100% of the time. And I'm so happy that you're not. <laughs> yes. Um, for me, it's my, hard. <laughs> yeah. And 100%. It's like, even I'm not 100% sugar free 100% of the time. Because why would we even aim for a hundred percent or so-called perfection? Like there's no such thing as perfection. Exactly. Why <laughs> even aim for something that doesn't exist? Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, it's still life. It's it's you still have to enjoy it. And you know, if you're at a birthday party and everybody's like, "Oh, the cake!" I mean, I was that person that didn't eat and didn't join in, and it felt you know you do feel a little. Um, I guess is the word social anxiety because you're excluded almost you're not part of it and you feel like you you do feel like you're being difficult when you don't eat right but if you're making that choice that you're like you know like I said I've made choices in the other parts of my life so when it comes to sugar I'll be like sure give me a small piece you know kind of thing but I'm also aware I I mean I've heard people say stuff like oh I don't eat sugar oh ice cream sure I'll have a scoop and I'm like um are you not aware that you're eating sugar or are you just wanting me to believe that you don't eat sugar you know yes and that's the thing because if you aren't 
lots of people say to me, um, I don't actually eat very much sugar. And then we dig a little deeper and find out that it's not only a lot, but it's at every meal and at every snack. But exactly. no, we're not aware because we're not required to be aware unless we've had that kick, or Ex- kick up yes. the bum. Exactly. <laughs> or several in my case. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And so I'm happy that, you know, you agreed to come on this podcast because uh, I really want to send that message that a, there is no such thing as perfection, it, whether or not you, it's about being sugar free and that there's all shades of gray of life after sugar. You know, yes. we don't all have yeah. to be the same. We don't all have to be like netta, whatever that means. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I am very much against everybody feeling the need to be the same. We're all different. And yeah. so our journey is going to be different and how we, um, live with sugar is also going to be different. I mean, I get there, there's people who can have zero, uh, for, and, and maybe that's because it's a health thing. Um, maybe that's, um, I, ch- I know there's people out there that don't like sweets. They like savory. I'm the opposite, <laughs> you know? So everybody is very different and it's, thank you for having me on because I agree. I think it's really good when we, we hear different sides of everything, right. And understand that, we don't have to fit into some box that we've created in our head that we need to be. Yeah. Um, you can find your way, what works for you. Fantastic. Absolutely. Absolutely. And thank you for being such an inspiration for everybody listening. Thank you. Uh, thank you, to- Teresa. Wonderful talking to you. Thank you. You too. Thank you for having me on today. Oh, what a great chat with Teresa. And, you know, I really love how she reframes how she sees cutting sugar because she herself used to believe that it was extreme to cut out well basically products that are not actually food and that is a very common point of view I found in fact I used to believe the exact same thing whereas really what's extreme Maybe that we believe that all these highly processed food-like products are not only everywhere, but a normal part of our everyday diet, especially in North America. So if, like Teresa, you're also struggling with how you see food, as well as some negative health consequences, then there are two ways that we can work together. First, in the After Sugar Club which is designed to give you support and accountability through our live check-in calls at a more affordable price. The After Sugar Club is always open for you. Check out the After Sugar Club private membership when you go to aftersugarclub.com, click on After Sugar Club in the top menu. And for more step-by-step guidance and customised support, to help you get rid of cravings so that you can slim down and finally feel in control around food, there's my 90-day program, Freedom from Cravings Formula, which opens a few times a year. To get more info about the program and when it next opens, go to aftersugarclub.com and click on the big green button to schedule a clarity call with me so that we can talk together to see if the Freedom From Cravings Formula program is a good fit for you. 
That's it for this week. Keep in touch and see you soon for another episode.